Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. We consider the research, talk to experts, and share our takes on what we're learning about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. But on this episode of The Breadwinners, I'm joined by Emma Johnson, writer, gender equality activist, and founder of WealthySingleMommy.com, the world's largest platform for single moms. Emma is the author of The Kick-Ass Single Mom, Be Financially Independent, Discover Your Sexiest Self, and Raise Fabulous Happy Kids. And she founded Moms for Shared Parenting, an activist organization aimed at making equally shared parenting the norm in both culture and policy. All of which is to say, welcome, Emma. Thank you, Jennifer. Oh, my God. I, you know, so you and I have known each other forever, I think, maybe forever and a half. So I don't know. Could be something like that. So and I've always looked to you for, you know, what you're thinking about, what you're doing in the career space, but also in the entrepreneur. You're always you're always like a, a lodestar for myself. So I just want us to get into it on all things. So we're diving in, man. We're diving Let's in. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> so for those who don't know, can you give us the, you know, the the 411 on Wealthy Single Mommy? And because I love that it's not just work and parenting, but it's it's dating, you know, which come on, tell us all about it. Yeah. So I started Wealthy Single Mommy about eight years ago when I was going through my own divorce and I came from a family of divorce and was just very fascinated with what was going on in the world when my experience when compared to say my mom's a generation ago and uh, how I had so many opportunities as a woman, thanks, thanks to my mother's generation and the women yeah. before me. And um, I was out there, I was building a career and making great money. And I was overcoming my own crippling fears of living out of my car. And I don't say that lightly. That was a very real fear of mine and many women of all education levels and raising my kids. And they were alive. Like I kept them alive. So I felt pretty good about that. And I was ready to date, you know, and it wasn't all doom and gloom and losers. I was dating super interesting guys and enjoying my body very much and having a good time and having lots of interesting challenges. And and getting through it. And I, I felt like, well, there's a lot of women like me out there that are also having these interesting experiences with out a lot of guideposts. So let's talk about it. Right. And ultimately, these conversations were about gender equality. So I was overcoming my assumption that I was going to be broke because that's what the world told me. Single moms are broke. And I wasn't. I was overcoming yeah. this idea that I was going to be alone for the rest of my wi- life. And I wasn't. There was plenty of interesting, nice guys out there that wanted to spend time with me. And I was overcoming these messages that my kids were going to be messed up because divorce is inherently horrible for children. And that wasn't coming to fruition. So I just sort of built this thing. And it, 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 who my are these people right. who say these awful things to us? <laughs> but they do. I, I, you know, I'm like nodding here because, yes, that's exactly, isn't that the fear? It's the fear across the board. Why is and it why so wouldn't fearful? it be? Because that's what we're told, whether explicitly yep. or implicitly, media messages, our families, people that love us very much still tell us, hurry up and get married again so your kids can have a father. Well, my kids have a father. He lives across the neighborhood and they see him half the time. I don't need to supplicate that in my house and just make this June and Ward Cleaver scenario because that's just not what families look like anymore. Right. So ultimately, I saw this new path about around gender equality. I, I, 
always identified as feminist. And no one was really speaking about single mothers and gender equality. Yeah. Really, that's what we're telling women. It's like, no, you're not a filthy whore because you want to date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and also that the single mom story, the single working mom story I was doing, I did, I, you're making me think of an interview I did for Working Mother. It's, I kept trying to push us into the realm of what you're talking about, like professional women who happen to be single and and that, but it's really, it gets, it gets weighed down by the very real, but the the big numbers that say single working moms are like the biggest poverty group or something. It's it's a depressing story, and it and but it kind of yeah. obscures. That is an important story we can talk about that story, but it obscures. Hey, what about this other part of the the single mom world? It, it, like, well, it, it is. There is definitely yeah. there is an equity equality thing that is a whole nother podcast. To be honest with yeah. you, but if we if we delineate, so to this today, uh, about a third of kids are being raised in a single parent household. Uh, the vast majority of that is single moms. But right. then we get into the weeds, which is really the focus of my work these days and my activism work, which is. Though when we say single mom versus being raised by a single dad, just because the census data doesn't tell a good story, right? Because inherently we think the, care, the kids are, the parents are separated or they're divorced and therefore they have lost a parent. And we right, have set right. up a system and a culture in our, in our society that, and that is the story. We still believe that the kids stay with the mom, the dads get weekend visits with the dad, the moms get child support and therefore are financially dependent on men. And we have institutionalized the gender inequality for this huge and growing segment of our population, which yeah. doesn't get nearly the attention it should because we are still buying into the stereotype that all those people are poor and people of color. Right. So that is really where my work comes in because where, where I would love to spend the remaining moments of this podcast, <laughs> sure. if you don't mind me commandeering, is... Hello, fellow media person. Yes. I'm going to do it. Hard. I don't care if you mind. Um, <laughs> is really talking about that gender equality. So a lot of this, this uh, old model of separate and divorced families comes out of you know, the 60s and 70s and 80s when families started divorcing in mass, no fault mm -hmm. divorce. Yep. And people are trying their best really to figure it out and do the best thing by the kids and, and women and everybody. And it was all default. And this was early days of pop psychology too. And the early research suggested that kids and babies bond with one person and one person only, and everybody else is secondary. And that was, you know, the best interest of the child is still to this day very rooted in that false understanding because that you cleave off a parent. You know, you can just yeah. hack it off, right? Yeah. And I like yeah. that cleave off of a parent. Exactly. So we know now, thanks to wonderful research of decades now, that that is no longer true. Yes, you can bond deeply with a parent, but that doesn't minimize the bonding with other parents or other loving caregivers or whoever else that person is going to be. The takeaway is, and we know this definitively, the science is there, it's not really disputable anymore, is that equally shared parenting for these families, for our families like mine, is what is best for kids, 50-50 or as close to 50-50 yeah. as you can figure out. And what happens when we stick to this old model, it's all bad things happen. On one hand, we, if we want to focus on the children, the visiting parent, like who gets visited, who has custody, people in jail right. have custody and get visits when you're in jail, right? It's yeah, not yeah. Like the visiting dad, visiting his own child every second weekend. 
it's if I could only see my kids every second weekend, it would be so painful. Right. Yeah. And it is, it's devastating to fathers and they check out. And we have a whole generation, multiple generations now of kids who grow up without dads because the fathers have been completely marginalized. Yep. Yep. Because it's also, I'm thinking of all the language even leading up to that point, which is, oh, you're such a good dad. You know, when they see someone at the store, you know, holding a kid, you know, ooh, or dads are babysitting their own children because the mom is, you know, stuff like that. Like, and so I'm kind of not surprised that we get to the point of the divorce moment and it's, it's, it's a cleaving because why, why do we have to care about that other parent? They're not doing anything. They're just babysitting their kids. Well, so, that's right. And we have yeah. raised men since infancy to us understand that they're disposable as parents, right? The model is the uh, Homer Simpson, Ramo, Romano. They're like nice guys, but they're but They're kind of outsiders to their own families, yeah, right? Yeah, like they bring home the bacon, but they're kind of doofuses and the moms are really the brains of the operation to run the show. And we have told them, they, we have not raised them to feel intuitively that they are intrinsic to the children's lives. And, and, or groom them to be parents, right? We, whereas we know that young girls, babies, since they're babies, we are telling yeah. women that their greatest fulfillment in life must be to be a mother and you must sacrifice and martyr yourself mm-hmm. for the family and for the children at all costs. And you're selfish if you want to go and earn a living or be independent or have a romantic life. All of these right. things, the children's first. So we're struggling with this. And I know this is the work that you do every day um, is we're struggling with that gender equality. So that plays out in the workplace. Uh, we know that women, it's women are graduating from university and entering the workforce in equal numbers and equal pay. But you go fast forward a few years into the upper ranks of management and there's the, there's the pay gaps and there's the yeah. management gaps and we have the wealth gaps and leadership gaps throughout our society. And it's because women are dropping out to sacrifice for the career. And there's all the stories that come out, women like you and me, white educated people go around reading articles and sharing articles and books about women like you and me who are married and out in the workforce and breadwinning often and doing amazing things in the world, but come home and they do the, the child care all the things, and, yep. and they're bitter about it. And the guys just won't step <laughs> up. And we are bitter. <laughs> they're bitter. Yeah. And it's, that's a real story, but the, but here's a couple of points to consider. One, that couple that we just described is now the minority in the U.S. Yeah. is with kids. Uh, the majority of families with kids at home are, don't look like that two-parent heterosexual married couple. They are the majority of the other 52% are single parent families and gay families and multi-generational families and all these other things, but mostly single parent households. So you, you and I, and Mitch McConnell, there's, and I don't care, Melinda Gates, nobody can legislate how that married couple is dividing work and family. They right, can argue right. about it. We can write articles about it. We can encourage better policy in workplaces. We can subsidize childcare. But at the end of the day, we are all going to slip into these gender normative roles, for whether we want to or not. We just do because we're humans. But mm. you can legislate labor division for separated families and divorced families. You can the family courts can say fifty fifty. You can change yeah. the culture. So even if you don't go to court and you have a lawyer or you are deferring to the 
moms in your neighborhood or however you come to your divorce terms, right? These things happen by way of policy and culture change. They go hand in hand, 50-50. All of a sudden, all that bickering, all those articles that nobody can figure out how to close the pay gaps and the gender gaps, they are solved because we have proven it's possible with single parent households. Single moms are going to close the pay gap. Wow. You and heard it's it not here. just the division of labor. We know the best thing that we can be doing for closing gender gaps or all kinds of, of uh, inequality gaps is modeling for the next generation. Mm-hmm. We know when kids grow up with a mom that works outside the home for pay and every culture around the world, there's wonderful research by Harvard, uh, Kathleen McGinn. She's looked at 20, 30,000 families all around the world. Kids that have moms that are working outside the home, the girls grow up, they have more professional success and earn more and have more leadership positions and they're happy. And the boys grow up to be just as successful, but are more caring for loved ones in the home, younger children or grandparents in the home, on and on and on. The more that we kids see gender equality at home, parents performing gender, not, you know, yeah, dad's taking care of babies, mom's working for pay, mom's mowing the lawn, dad's washing dishes, whatever. The more they see that, that is just normal. They grow up to replicate that. When we have dads just being doing the grind. They're not the fun and dads because that's all these poor guys have. They're figuring out how to leave work early to go to the pediatrician. uh, And and just the grind that is parenthood. Kids see that. That's normal. Dads do that. Moms do that. Moms are not figuring out how to make a living and not being dependent on men's income. That's normal. And then they replicate that. And that is really getting at the root of this this cause. And we can do this for shared for separated and divorced families. So what does moms for shared parenting like how how do you get involved with that? Like like how is that what are you doing with that group? So I, it's my own project. I mean, I'm just building on my you know, using my skills and time and frankly financial resources from my years of working in media to get the message out. So I, I commissioned a, um, animated video that explains this and what you can do. And I'm working on a book proposal. And I would also like to highlight, uh, coming out probably around the time this is going to publish. I did a survey of 2,300 single moms and asked them questions about their income and their employment and their time sharing arrangement with their kids, other parents or dads and how they feel about their, uh, employment and their income. And the story is very clear. The more equality that women have with their shared parenting schedule, single moms have more equality they have in their sh- parenting schedule, the more money they make mm, and yeah. the happier they are, the better they feel about their themselves as moms. The majority of single moms want equally pa- shared parenting time. This is popular with moms. They want it. Women are getting this and it is amazing to me. I've been doing this work with single moms for years now. And I have seen a market change. Women are getting it. The moment is now this, this progression of the Me Too movement, Hillary, and now we have Kamal and all yeah. everything. The world is just snowballing in the amazing direction. And there's other, other writers and activists and media people are just organically putting out essays on major publications and saying things like, I fought for less time with my kids. They fought their ex-husbands who claimed to be feminist men who just were not in the mood to parent 50-50, these guys, and they fought them. Yeah. Right? And this is the change that we need, that women are letting go of the shame and this 
martyrdom about like having to have their kids. All I have it a hundred percent of the time. And yeah. I, have, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, we don't get late, la- you know, ladies, you don't get to complain that you have to do it all and then fight to have the kids all the time. You right. Can't have right. It both. And women are getting that and they're, and it's also a tipping of the scales because women are embracing money and they're embracing how good it feels to make their own damn money. And they recognize the price you pay to be living off of somebody's income, whether you're living off of a husband's income or fighting with an ex-husband or ex-partner for child support or alimony, there is a very steep and humiliating cost that comes at that. And women are starting to recognize that um, and support each other in moving away from that and modeling something so much more positive and um, productive for our sons and daughters both. And how about the dads? I mean, every number that I see talks about, well, A, men are doing more hands-on parenting. The pandemic has them doing actual more chores, you know, than they were doing pre-pandemic. But also each generation um, seems to, the men want to be more active as dads than previous generations. I, I mean, all the polls show dads love their kids as much as moms. Yeah. They identify as parents just as much as moms. But we experience parenthood very differently. And one is not better. I think that moms can learn a lot from dads. We, they, because they don't have all that loaded crap about uh, having martyrdom. A, a martyrdom, you know, yeah. they, they parent in a different way. They encourage our, their children, our, you know, they encourage the kids to be resilient and independent in a way that women statistically do not, right? Women tend to just kind of like to over, over parent, which is a whole nother show. I mean, I want to do a show and a whole book and a whole platform about does attachment parenting cause the pay gap, right? Because you can't be learning if you're helicoptering over your 15 year old all the fucking time. If you are pregnant, you will read those attachment parenting books Mm -hmm. and you will, you take it into your soul. And, and this is also, it's connected to breastfeeding and it's, and it intersects with your need to support your family. Mm -hmm. But it's this incredible pressure that somehow that hundred percent, it's that martyr that you will protect your baby. And of course your baby's tiny and it's the most perfect thing you've ever done is create mm-hmm. this baby, but that you will be able to create a bubble that you, it, it's like made of you. You are the bubble. I, it's, I don't, I'm not explaining this right, but it's, this, it's, it is this martyrdom that you will be on, on it a hundred percent. And yet the economist Heather Boucher will tell you that women's earnings are what is propping up the middle class, whether a single or partner or whatever, women's earnings are what's keeping our families going. Well, so that's tell right. me this how you're going to do yeah, both, yeah. right? I mean, you know, the idea of women's earnings as being this, you know, optional thing. You have a choice. Right. Oh, it's paying for childcare. I oh, hate that. Don't even get, I mean, <laughs> historically, that is just a blip in history. Women have always been critical yes. of the economy. They may not have had legal rights to their earnings. They may have been working on a family farm where there was not cash payout. But, uh, you know, this idea, it's just a like post-World War II idea of the stay at home yeah. m- wife who was really a fiction of like Women's Day magazine. So she would buy all the vacuum cleaners <laughs> and dishwashers. It really yeah. is. I mean, it's, yep. it, and we're over it. I mean, it's what like, the, like, I forget what it is, like 75% of mothers with young children work. And of those that don't work, most of them want to work, but they can't figure out the child care yeah, work equation. So it's this idea of it's a choice is relegated to extremely rich white suburban women, period. And we got to start calling that out. 
Yeah, for sure. That's a function of not valuing the need for affordable quality childcare. But also, I, you know, geez, Louise, if you're shared parenting, I see the benefit of what if you had a day to yourself to like get some work done and maybe go out on a date once in a while? It's, and meanwhile, your child is learning from the other parent and like getting, you know, being more rich in their experiences and how things are done and that it's not just your way or the highway. I, it, I see a lot of benefit for, for this. I see the upside. It's really not that complicated. It feels complicated because, well, one, it's a deviation from what most of us have grown up understanding yeah. divorce to be. It's a deviation from what most men and women understand their roles as parents and workers to be. And it's also, it's it, seem, it feels like we have a choice, right? Because, well, women feel like they have a choice. What messages that single moms often get is, well, I'm surprised you let him have the kids that much. I'm surprised really? you allow this situation. These are not anybody, these, those children don't belong to any of us. These children are their own people that have inherent, these are, this is a human rights issue and they have equal rights to both of their parents. And as parents, we have equal rights to the children too. This is a fundamental human rights issue. And as a society, we understand that intuitively in other realms. For example, we collectively agree that children at the border should be with their parents. That's something right. we intuitively get. We understand, you know, the social welfare system is set up to try to keep children with their biological parents opposed to the foster system whenever possible. So we collectively um, sign onto that social contract, but when it comes to gender and divorce, all that kind of goes out the window or has in the past. And, and again, it feels like there's a choice but we don't really have that kind of existential crisis as mothers when we talk about like sending the kids to school because that's the social norm. It's the law. Right. It's, it's just what you do and you recognize that that is good for the kids and you get it that it's good for you too. Like we're all about to lose our minds because the kids are home with us because yes. of COVID. So we, we get that. But that's I, the work that I'm trying to do. I've, I, I'm very connected in the policy work. There's a lot of activists on the state level working on family court law reform. Mm. That's not my jam directly, yeah. but where I feel like I can, I can communicate with women and help them understand why this really is the best thing for women and for, for the kids. It's really, it's so that, that is, that's what I'm trying to do. And I feel like I'm getting some momentum with myself. Oh, that's great. Well, how can people learn more about moms for shared parenting? So you can just head to momsforsharedparenting.org on Twitter. We are uh, 5050moms and Moms for Shared Parenting on Facebook would be a great place to start. And then, of course, there's Wealthy Single Mommy, too. That's right. And so that's my business um, that's you know much broader, the single mom experience, yep. a lot of information and thought about um, working and earning and letting go of a lot of these limiting beliefs and and dating. And, and I think that women, I run a large Facebook group of single moms and it's very highly managed. Uh, I pay uh, some moms to manage it and it's called millionaire single moms. So that's something that I think a lot of women find a lot of, uh, a lot of support in. I like it. I, I love it. And man, thank you for that. Thank you for joining us on the breadwinners. Well, thank um, you for the work you do, Jennifer. So important. I, you know, it's, um, it's funny how it's just all the different corners of the world where we we kind of back ourselves into it by, you know, what we've always been told. 
until we we peer around and we're like, no, there's a whole other world out there. So I always I always love the uh, you're a Sherpa in this area. You lead us into new new heights. How about that? You like that? Oh, I'll take it. That sounds pretty great. <laughs> well, our guest today was Emma Johnson. You'll find links to what we discussed in the episode description. Mom shared parenting wealthy single mommy. Some of Emma's writing. Email us anytime at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. It really helps us grow. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.